0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Bruce Mole from Commonwealth Magazine. In 2015, with the MBTA in the midst of an existential crisis, the Fiscal and Management Control Board was created to put the Transit Authority's house in order. For six years, it labored away, often meeting multiple times a month for hours and hours on end. The board brought some stability to the Transit Authority and a vision for the future, and then in June, it's allotted time ran out. In October, a new board took over. It has seven members instead of five. It meets once a month, at least so far, and its meetings are shorter, more business-like. All the meetings have been virtual so far, so it's been difficult to get a sense of what this new board is all about. That's what we're going to try to find out today. Our guest is Betsy Taylor, the chair of the MBTA board. She is a finance expert and a longtime member of the Massachusetts Department of Transportation Board. Thanks for joining us, Betsy.
1: Well, Bruce, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: So I've been watching the meetings virtually like everybody else, and the board seems to have a a different operating style than the old one. Uh, Talk a little bit about how that came about and what's the philosophy behind it, if you would.
1: Sure, well, that's quite intentional. The Secretary of Transportation and the GM worked with the governor and the legislature to create this new board. They wanted it to be more like the DOT board. They did not want it to be a control board. And therefore, the legislation that created this board states that we will meet once a month. We also have three committees that meet once a month so that they can do some of the more detailed work before the actual board meetings.
0: So um, they didn't want it to be a control board. I'm, I'm maybe fixating on the word control. Is that the right word to fix on? That the, the last board was too much, maybe too hands-on in terms of managing the team?
1: Well, that's what it was. And that's probably what the team needed at the time. The hope is now that um, the T management and staff can take a stronger role and the board can function more like the DOT board and less like the control board.
0: So you're probably, I know you're aware that uh, the, the old control board brought aboard a, um, a safety panel that did a sort of top to bottom of review of the T and one of the conclusions was said, you meet way too much. You're taking up too much management time by all these meetings. And I'm sure that's also a factor in this. You know, let Steve Povtak the GM, let, let them be about doing their job. But I'm, I sort of was curious, now this is a self-interesting question, self-interested question, but as a reporter, these subcommittee meetings then become your first exposure to whatever is coming up at the next meeting. And I noticed Steve Poftak often appears at those and then appears at the main board too. Are you worried about the time that's consuming with two meetings as opposed to one super long meeting?
1: Uh, not at all. Um, first of all, um, we have different people chairing the different committees. This board, the members of this board are wonderfully talented. They each have a very strong expertise and they're quite different. So we have people that are particularly focused about certain issues on the different committees. Secondly, the object of the exercise is to have the committees ask questions of staff, go deeper into things so that the staff then has time to respond to the questions. If you ask the question at the beginning of the meeting and expect the answer at the end of the meeting, that can't necessarily happen. Sometimes we're asking them to do more research, to gain, uh, to dig a little deeper. And that legitimately takes time.
0: So the subcommittee meetings are sort of like a, a walkthrough uh, in depth to sort of figure it out and then bring it to the full board where it can be handled a bit more quickly because many of the, much of this has already been hashed out a bit in the subcommittee meetings. Is that fair to say?
1: Yes, I think that's a very fair description.
0: So I've also heard that there, with seven instead of five, it's tough getting all your schedules to merge on, all, you know, at a at a perfect time each month. Uh, have you figured that out? Have you got a time each month, or is it is it it seems to have moved around a little bit in the first three?
1: It certainly did, and I am pleased to say that the T has published uh, a board schedule for all of 2022 and a committee schedule for all. Uh, The committee schedule for 2022 has been vetted with all the board members. And if it hasn't been publicly published, it will be shortly.
0: Okay. And I I wanted to get a sense of what you perceive as your role as chair of the board. Do you see... um, yourself being sort of a convener of the board, keeping it running smoothly, or you perceive yourself as a leader of the board? Maybe would you be lobbying on Beacon Hill for various things that you guys wanna do, or how do you see your role?
1: Well, first, I think my role is to make sure that each of the board members can really use their talents for the best sake of the tea. So my role is to make sure that they are fully involved Secondly, as I said in my opening statement at the first meeting, our goal is to have transparent decision-making. That doesn't mean everybody's happy. Everybody can't be happy. There are too many tough decisions to make. But we can make sure that we clearly articulate why and how we make those decisions. Um, Am I... I've never lobbied the legislature before. I'm not at all sure I'm going to go there. So are I'm certainly not going to start there.
0: Okay. Um, so how are the agendas set? Um, again, just for our listeners, the previous board would have a, a, a section of their meeting where they would talk about the next two or three meetings. And they'd say, let's do that on this date. Let's do this on that date. And there was some sort of plotting out about what one member may, maybe wanted to hear about or whatever. Um, I haven't heard much of that. Wh- how does the agenda you know, set in terms of what you're going to do at that, w- that week's meeting?
1: Well, right now, um, the GM and I have a conversation before the agenda is finalized. The T has certain business it needs to do. It knows when certain contracts need to be approved. Uh, the board will take guidance from the staff on that. Um, I can also tell you that we have asked for a list of briefings on some of the large key projects that the T is working on. And I expect in January or February to have a schedule of those going out. And I think as we go through those briefings, the board is likely to ask for updates either on the general progress of those issues or on other concerns that arise from the discussion. Uh, we're still a real new board. Uh, and just as you have only watched us work virtually, we've only worked together virtually. Um, and so some of this stuff is gonna take time.
0: Um, now at, at the most recent meeting, there was a group uh, seemed to be fairly coordinated of commenter, public commenters who were asking what happened to an issue that had been raised by the previous board. They called it low-income fares. The T often calls it means-tested fares, fares based on the income level of the rider. Mm -hmm. And the previous board was very interested in this issue. Um, Now, I noticed those commenters were blaming the T staff for not bringing it to the board and, and raising this with the board. Is that falling through the cracks? Has it been put off for a period of time? Or what's going on with that?
1: Well, we had the board had a presentation um, last month on the way or (laughs) uh, on the way fares can be raised. And I expect that there will be another presentation on certain parts of those fares, either in January or February. And I think that will be the time when the board can begin discussing what they want to see happen with fairs. I see. It's hard for me to describe each of these because as you know, we work under the public meeting law. So the only times we have all spoken together which is what we should do has been at the board meetings proper. And you've heard all those discussions as we have.
0: So, Yeah, but I guess what I'm—I think the if I'm remembering this correctly, the previous board had uh, it was referred to as passing a resolution or asking the T staff to develop some pilot concepts for this means-tested fair issue and and present them to the to this board in October so you guys could think about it. I think what those commenters were saying at the most recent meeting was. What happened with that? And I'm, I take it from your message that the, the staff probably did that work and it's it's waiting for the right time. It, am I, is that fair to say that, um, that that will bubble up through Steve Povtak?
1: Whatever work the staff has done will bubble up with Steve Poftek. And we, as I said, we will be discussing these issues of fares in January, and we will have public discussion and people will hear what that discussion is.
0: Okay. And the issue of fares, just to be sure I'm clear about what you're talking about, is it this means tested fare or just the broad issue of fairs?
1: I think it's the broad issue of fairs.
0: Okay. And and when you talk about the broad issue, is there some talk about raising fares at the T. The current
1: five-year projections, assume there will be no fare increases for five years. So I don't think there is specific talk. I will say, having read and studied those five-year projections, there is a very clear need for some form of additional revenue. And there are all sorts of possibilities. I have some ideas, I'm sure my fellow board members have ideas. But there is no doubt that there needs to be additional revenue.
0: Hmm. And um so it's a I think it's tough for the public to, to hear that. I listened to that presentation too, and it was a five-year projection. And as you went further along, the the operating budget of the T became sort of more and more vulnerable, if you will, depending on how fares return. Yes. Um, but I think the public sort of hears federal money is just flowing everywhere in state government. They've got they've got billions to do with stuff. Why is the T uh, sort of look? Is, is it the federal money will run out and then that's the worry that, that they won't have that? And then how do you how do you balance the budget then?
1: First of all, the federal money that has already been awarded has been allocated. And it was done so clearly in that budget presentation. The new money we're all hearing about hasn't been appropriated yet. The new money we're hearing about is dependent on all sorts of regulations that have yet to be written. I don't know what it's gonna be. Um, I think a lot of people know what they hope it'll be. um, And I promise you we'll be aggressive in going after it and spending it. Um, But it isn't even appropriated and it's certainly not programmed to come to the T yet. Uh, and I think it's important that people understand this level of uncertainty.
0: Yeah, and it, I, I, I get that. Um, and it seems like a, another challenge, given that forecast, uh, I think you and your fellow board members were also concerned about a proposal, given that forecast about the operating budget to transfer $500 million from the operating budget to the capital budget, in part, so uh, the T could bid and, and acquire a lot of this federal money because it requires a, a state match. Um, it's a tough position to put you guys in. You, you want the federal money, but you're gonna have to spend some money to get it. it
1: well, is, that's, what, that's, that's how matching grants work. Yes, it is. And remember, the T has a tremendous backlog of um, maintenance. If you go back to the safety report which is you started with a while ago there're a tremendous amount of maintenance and safety projects that need to be funded and some of those can be used by the with this federal money so for instance i tend to think this is my individual view that one-time money should be used for one-time purposes And therefore to put it into safety projects, maybe, I don't have a problem with that. Now, I understand some of my board members think that um, operations comes first. And we went back and forth a little bit at that meeting. And we will again, we think differently. Um, And that's a good thing. I think the public should be glad that we think differently about these things. But there are tremendous safety needs and maintenance needs that may call on this federal money, as well as operations.
0: So going back to something you said at the beginning, I take it when you were appointed the board and appointed chair, you probably had a conversation with the governor about that. Um, can you share a little bit about what he was hoping this board could do? And it sounded like he wanted it to be more like the MassDOT board, uh, an oversight, an oversight board, and perhaps not as uh, aggressive in some ways as the control board was. Um, but did, did he have any particular desires for you in this job, or did he just leave it to you?
1: Um, he asked me my opinions what I thought. Um, and I know he thought for the next couple of years, there'd be plenty of money. And I agree with him. But um, if you look at those five-year projections, you'll see that They suggest that that picture will change.
0: Yeah. And just trying to get a little sense of your personal philosophy in this position, and I'm not asking you to speak for the board, I'm just asking your sort of sense of things. Hearing your comments, it sort of sounds like you're someone who's trying to tell people this this five-year projection is raising some concerns about the outer years but a lot of variables are up in the air. So you're saying we don't really know what's gonna happen, but but it's raising some concerns. If, if there's a shortage of money anywhere, is it your inclination to deal with it internally or to go to the legislature and let put it on them to deal with?
1: Um, first of all, I think it is the T's responsibility to find as much own revenue as we can. That doesn't just mean fair revenue. I'm thinking of lots of other ways we could get fair revenue. I think we need to look as broadly and as creatively as we can. And I think that at some point we will need additional state support but I think we should demonstrate that we have done what we can, as opposed to just throwing up our hands and saying somebody needs to save us. That is my individual inclination.
0: Got it. And as I'm, I, I, you made a, a remark about this at a subcommittee meeting, but the, the the new mayor of Boston has gotten quite a bit of attention, as, as you're well aware, for talking about making the tea fare free. Um, <laughs> And uh, rarely does she talk about the cost of that. Um, although the city of Boston is putting up money to experiment with some fare-free bus pilots, um, but th- this raises a, an interesting philosophical issue. I think she what is what she's raising, and and there's a philosophical, and then there's a fiscal issue attached to it. Yeah. Do you have any feelings about this? I mean, the, some people think it's a, it's a good idea to make it fare-free, to encourage greater use. Others are saying, I think the previous board was leaning more toward a means-tested fare that would target those who need help, and, but not give everybody free fares. What's your take?
1: My take at the moment? And quite frankly, I look forward to see reports on the studies of how these pilots really have worked and what they've done. But right now, I think free fares for certain routes help people in places. Means-tested fares help people that or are designed should help people who need help. So is one going to subsidize places or subsidize People, um, if I were picking and I'm only one vote of seven, I pick subsidizing people over subsidizing places.
0: Yeah, I, I, and as I said, that was the sort of the inclination I think of the, the old control board too. Um, but I'm, I'm a little confused, you don't, I don't know if you have any thoughts, but that has not picked up in the popular imagination very much. Uh,
1: well, um, popular, popular imagination often catches what's in the press, and there's been a lot of press coverage as well. There should have been on the mayor's race. Um, remember, there was a hiatus. The old board ended in June. The new board was announced uh, late in October. It's not surprising we weren't being covered because there was nothing to cover.
0: <laughs> right, right. And is do you foresee some sort of discussion of this? I guess that could be part of the fair discussion as well. Is that? Um,
1: I think there are going to be a lot of discussions. Um, you, I appreciate you are asking for a well-defined and well thought out view on all these fairs. And I think it is simply premature to expect that from the board today. And that doesn't mean it won't be forthcoming at some point. The control board had been there for six years. Remember, you do, you do. I know you remember.
0: I do. I do remember very well. (laughs) Um, And and you're right. It was a very different time when they came in, and they were in. A core group of them were in for a very long time, and I think being on a board for a long time, you sort of change your. Perhaps you're, once you learn more and, you know, more understanding of what goes on, you take a maybe a different interest in it than when you first, first arrived. So I think their, their positions evolved over time as well. Uh, the last thing I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about is um, there's so many issues confronting the T, just as society in general, but the T because it involves transportation, energy use, all sorts of things. Uh, it's a big, it's a, it's sort of a a thermometer of, of a lot of big issues, I guess you'd say. And I'm just sort of wondering if, if you are digging in, or if the board is going to be digging in on this whole issue of converting, you know, basically as much as possible to electricity, to run everything, electricity, to run buses, electricity, to run commuter rail. It's very, very expensive on commuter rail to, to move to this. Um, But these are sort of big questions for our time. And I'm just sort of curious as the chair, how does a board, will you wait for that to come up from the T to raise this issue with you? Or will you be more of a forcing them to confront that issue?
1: Well, that question is one of the questions that we will be briefed on through the winter. So we have asked for a presentation on that topic And as I said earlier, I expect in January or February to have a schedule of when we will be briefed on these various matters. And then we have to figure out how to go forward. I think you will see in some of the discussion of both the operating and the capital budget, some of these issues.
0: And do you have any timetable on when the board might meet in person? Is that something way off in the future or...
1: Um, I've heard people say, April, um, I promise you, um, as soon as it is safe, I sincerely hope that we will meet in person. I think um, communication in person is better. (laughs) And I I really regret that we've had to do everything we've done virtually, um, but it's the only safe thing to do right now. So um, I've given you my best estimate. And if you can tell me when all the new variants are going to stop coming, then you can give me a better estimate.
0: Right. I, I think that is uh, everybody's grappling with that. It's not just the T board. Uh, I totally understand that. Um, and just lastly, uh, I know you had exposure to the T from the joint meetings that the dot board had with the T uh, all the time. But uh, as chair, do you have any first impressions about is the T operating smoothly or are you concerned about areas of the T or is it too early to reach any opinions? I'm just sort of curious about first impressions.
1: Well, first of all, I am convinced that there are a large number of extremely talented people at the T. And I know that there are a large number of dedicated people at the T. Um, I have been on the MBTA retirement board for the last uh, five years, six years, and I've worked with their leadership there. The T is essential to the working of this city. Having said that, the implications of the backlog of maintenance and safety projects is very concerning. And I will do what I can to make sure that those sorts of major maintenance projects continue.
0: Is is that what keeps you up, sort of up at night when you're worrying about the future of the T?
1: To me, those are the most important issues, yes.
0: Okay. Um, And I I think I would be remiss if uh, I didn't ask you about this because I know you followed it very closely. I think you may be on some subcommittee dealing with it, the Alston 990 interchange, are you optimistic about how that's progressing? It seemed like the state DOT now has sort of reached some some conclusion about the approach they wanna do. Now it becomes a question of getting the money to do it.
1: Um, I believe, yes, I am on the committee that is working to figure out a finance plan. Um, And the DOT has, I believe, leaned in on a preferred alternative. And there are two big problems. One is it's going to need environmental approvals. And the other is it needs financing. And I think we need to look at a variety of different sources to finance it. And I hope that the activists who have pushed so effectively and thoughtfully for one solution now put equal vigor into helping with the environmental reviews and also thinking about who should pay for this. That project will have tremendous transportation improvements. It will also create a whole new section of the city and the private developers are only going to build that if they're going to make money out of it. And it's not going to be on the tease land and it's going to be largely in one city. And I think if people are going to make a lot of money out of building that, maybe, maybe they should contribute to the infrastructure that makes that land so valuable for them.
0: Fair enough. Betsy Taylor, the chair of the, is it the MBTA board? Is that the official name of it? Okay. The chair of the MBTA board. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you.
0: And to our listeners, we'll see you again next week. Thank you.